And hello everyone and welcome to Haunting Live Podcast. Well, we have reached a new year here and we have reached a new season also of Haunting Live Podcast. Starting this new year, we have reached season two here on the podcast. So thank you everybody so much for tuning in and uh, joining us and our guest here tonight. We do have a very special guest here. And she's going to be talking to you guys in just a minute. But I uh, hope you guys had a wonderful New Year's. And I uh, hope things went well over the holiday seasons for everybody. Um, but yes, this year we are starting new and fresh. We are starting Season 2 here at Haunted Night Podcast. And I can't believe we've already reached up to Season 2. We had a great 2020. Um, some technical is- issues over the years through there, through 2020, getting things all set up and everything. But I think we got those all worked out now finally here for the podcast. So... Um, I think it's going to be much more enjoyable over the 2021 season for season two. And tonight is episode one. And uh, we have a special guest with us here on episode one of season two, and that is Ashley Wong. And she is uh, all the way over in Saskatchewan, but she's willing to join us here today and talk about what she does. She's actually a white witch, and it's going to be really interesting to talk about her development and what brought her to where she is now and how she developed into the witchery side of things. But she also has an interesting uh, business as well that she runs, uh, products and service called uh, Made by a Real Witch. And that's interesting, too, to talk about sort of what she's bringing into um, her metaphysical side of things with the spiritual side of being a witch, but also the products that she makes for her customers as well. So uh, with that, let's bring in Ashley and uh, see how she's doing. Hi, Ashley. Are you there? I'm Trevor. Yeah, Hi. I'm here. Well, thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year <laughs> to you as well. Uh, thank you very much for joining us here on the podcast on Haunting Live. Uh, it's been great having you, and um, I appreciate you joining us here for the first episode of uh, Season 2. Hello? Yeah, hello. You're still there? Okay, I lost you for a minute there. Oh, okay, no problem. Uh, Glad you're still there. Uh, Thanks very much, though, for joining us on Season 2 and Episode 1, the very first episode. Um, So I just introduced you as being a white witch, and um, tell us a little bit about how you started getting into that area of your life. What drew you into that? Um, I, uh, well, I've always seen spirits since I was, uh, as far back as I can remember, my earliest memories were, Um, having spirits kind of um, appear, you know, apparitions and things like that. I didn't really know how to communicate with them or what was really going on until much later in life, but I just have those memories. But in 1995, I had a tarot reading with a psychic. I'd never had a reading before, a psychic reading or done anything like that. Um, And he was, he he didn't know me, um, knew nothing about me. I knew nothing about him. Um, the reading was, it was life changing for me. It was really, um, it was very interesting. There was um, so many things that were accurate that I couldn't just dismiss it as being nothing. And I just felt a real calling um, with that. And of course, over time, you know, these things that he was talking about that were to come that hadn't taken place yet, um, did all start unfolding as he had predicted 
And they were just things that were so out of the usual for the type of life I was living um, at the time that I just, at first, when I heard it, I thought, well, that can't possibly, can't possibly be. These things can't happen. I just couldn't see it. Um, but I was still very intrigued by it and everything from the past that he told me did match up and was accurate, but all these things did end up happening. So I bought my first deck of tarot cards in 1995 and I just got into doing readings and, um, you know, learning very slowly, you know, getting into uh, new age and metaphysical types of um, subjects and learning as much as I could. And uh, I was just very, very drawn to it. And I didn't have a business for years. I, um, I would just do readings for friends. I would do readings for myself, for family, those types of things. Um, and um, I, I was just always fascinated by it. Um, it wasn't until, geez, I'm not even sure what year it was. Um, I started receiving messages in dreams in... I think it was 2015 for someone that I didn't know. Um, this was a person that was in uh, a different country and I wasn't sure what to do with those messages. So I eventually, I wrote a letter and sent it off. And that's when my guide, um, George made an appearance. Um, so I sent this letter off to this person that I, knew nothing about except I had these messages that were meant to be passed along and um and this person's uh father in life was named George I did not know that at the time um but I just had this spirit guide coming through I I refer to him as a guide he's just a spirit but he started coming through and um spoke to me after I had mailed that letter to his son he introduced himself to me um, I didn't know what to make of that. It was as clear as day, just like me talking to you right now. And I was standing in the post office. I'd let go of the letter. And right away, I had this, um, you know, hello, Ashley, my name is George. And, you know, I'm the father of the person that you just mailed that letter to. And I honestly, I couldn't get rid of him after that. <laughs> he's, he's a great guy. Um, had a lot of, um, a lot of guidance for me. I didn't have um, a lot of really strong, positive role models growing up. Um, so I think he kind of took that upon himself to um, kind of step into my world and help to guide me in certain ways. And I don't hear him voice wise like that first day when he introduced himself. I literally went home and looked up obituaries to see if this was actually a person and what was what was being said actually translated to you know reality and it did I found I found his obituary and all that um, but after that initial meeting it seemed like he would come through in uh, dreams that's where he would literally sit me down like I'm a student and he was a teacher and he would discuss things with me and tell me what I should be doing with my life um, you know, decisions, things I should be making. Um, and he's the reason why I started my business. Um, it all started with him. He just kept saying, you need to start a business. I had no, I'd never run a business before, knew nothing about business. Um, and, uh, but, you know, he just kept nudging me in the right direction. He didn't give me the clear cut and dry answers. 
saying you need to start, you know, a metaphysical business, this and that. He left it in my hands. Finally, you know, I still wasn't making a decision. And he said to me, what is it that you like to do? And I was making all of these ritual candles and things for family and friends for myself. And I said, I really enjoy doing this. Um, I like making these things, they get results. And he said, well, why don't you start there? And so that's kind of how my, how my business started. But it was, I would say 99% of the communication we've had has been through dreams and through visions. He communicates a lot with um, scrying images. Uh, I'd never done a tea leaf reading before I had had him come into my life. Um, you know, he got me very big into doing uh, scrying, tea leaf reading. He communicates with me through clouds when I'm in my valley. Um, very interesting uh, how my life has changed for the better um, since he has come along. So my interpretation of him is a spirit guide because he's a spirit that's in my world. And he's literally guiding me down my best and most promising path. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people would just see him as a spirit. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, spirit guides can do a lot of different things like that. I find um, they're there more for more than just to guide you down the path of life. They're there for other things as well like that. So um, that sounds definitely like he was there to push you in the right direction for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no, uh, no regrets at all. I, I trust him 100%. There isn't much that he's asked me to do that I haven't done. There's um, the whole business, even the products that I make, getting into making, um, you know, adding to my product line and things like that. Um, pretty much all of that has come through discussions I've had with him in dreams and then turning it into um, something more. So he's, it, there's definitely something to that. I can't say that, you know, they're just vivid or lucid dreams. Uh, my whole entire world has changed since he came into my life. I wasn't, um, I wasn't working um, at the time that he entered my life. Um, you know, I was just at home and content uh, to be there. And um, just everything, everything changed in the matter of months. And it just keeps going in um, a really interesting direction. I really, uh, I'm quite fascinated with all the uh, different people I've met and um, the different avenues you know, in regards to um, divination and all these, there's so many different avenues that people can pursue. And I just, it doesn't seem to matter what avenue I look into. I find it all very fascinating and intriguing. Uh, going back a little bit though, was there one point before you met George that your spirit guide, that um, mm -hmm. you were at sort of like a low point? Did you find yourself being sort of, okay, well, this is sort of like, the bottom of it and I need to do something to get out of it was he there at that point in your life no um I uh yeah that's it's it's a good question I really I really got things turned around when he came into my world I'd been through a lot of things on a personal level um where I'd been through a lot of um, like personal issues and problems. Uh, I'd been in an abusive relationship, those types of things. And so, you know, I came out to Saskatchewan um, kind of to start fresh with my daughter, bring her up in a new area. And they were all good changes for me. I made all the right changes, but um, I wasn't, I was more focused on raising my daughter in those years. 
and, you know, working to, you know, provide a, a good home for her, buy a house, those types of things. Um, so I wasn't really heavy, heavy into the metaphysical and new age types of things, even though I was always fascinated with it. And you could call it a, a passionate hobby, but I was more focused on, um, on my daughter and just providing her with a good life. It, uh, it was just, I don't know how many years ago now it was, but it was in more recent years. Um, you know, I'd always been doing, I've been doing tarot card readings for people for, you know, um, probably close to two decades by the time he entered my life. I had a good knowledge um, of tarot and, and a lot of new age areas, uh, astral travel, all kinds of different things that I played around with and, and really enjoyed. I found all of it to be very enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I think it was, I, I really think he came into my world at a time where messages were needed to be passed along to certain people. Um, I've written uh, a number of letters to people that, um, that I've never met before, uh, based on, uh, things that he had, he specifically asked me to write about. And then the business, I, I really think that I was meant to do this, um, this business because he sure pushed hard for that. And I appreciate it. I, I thank him for that. It, to me, it's, um, you know, it's a gratitude and a blessing thing because my life is, I love where things are at right now. And do you think that um, in your past, having moved and getting your life back in order and stuff like that, do you think that had a play in you connecting with your spirit guides more? Um, I'm not sure. I think that, I think that's a tough question. I'm not really sure, to be honest. Um, he, from what I, when I first found his obituary, when I checked out the name to see if this person actually existed or, you know, if this was just some kind of spirit messing with me or whatever, um, he hadn't been passed away all that long. So he wouldn't, he would have still been living his life, even though he's in a different country and we knew nothing about each other back when I was dealing with a lot of the personal issues going on in my life. Um, I can't remember exactly what year he passed away, um, but it was in more recent years. Yeah, sometimes they just come along right when you need them to at that moment in your life and that's why they're there for you. So yeah when he came to you as your spirit guide and you guys connected, it was at a time that, uh, like you say, he pushed you to get into your business and um, do what you love doing, right? So, Yes, and it's, um, I have no regrets for it at all. Um, it's, it's been a huge, uh, massive changes going on in my world, but all very, um, very positive. I, I love what I'm doing right now. And it's, he's got me out of my comfort zone as well, because he had me learning about things that I wouldn't normally have been learning about different things about different religions. Um, and he's the one that kind of got me from doing it. Initially, my business was just making products. Um, but he got me into more of, of doing the readings and stepping out of my comfort zone and doing things um, like teaching, teaching some classes and, um, you know, spell casting uh, for people, um, those types of different things that were added to my business, you know, later on. Right. And uh, speaking of that, let's talk a little bit about that kind of development now, too. Um, sure. So you're more known as a white witch. 
which is great. Mm -hmm. You uh, tend to deal with just the positive end of things when you do uh, spells and stuff like that. So yep. um, can we talk a little bit how you work on your spells and I guess on a client-to-client basis, uh, what you do for people in regards to uh, making spells up for people? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just when I first started doing them, I wasn't really... Um, it was nothing that was advertised. It was just, I would hear from different people dealing with certain situations and I would try and step in and help in certain ways that I could. Um, I'm, I am an eclectic witch. So I kind of pick up different things from different areas that would speak to me as far as um, how I do things and spell work. Um, but I do work very closely with my guide and he's the one who um, sat me down in a dream one night and said you he literally sat me down and said you're an altruist and I had no idea what that meant um, and then he he said you are a white witch so he's the reason I kind of took that because I always had referred to myself as a psychic medium someone who would you know, do tarot readings for people who would kind of connect with spirit to do readings for people, that kind of thing. Uh, never in a million years would I have ever considered myself a witch um, or a white witch or an altruist, those types of things. But um, it's, that's how I kind of started on that path. And he just, he would, if I was struggling in an area, trying to figure out how best to do things for people, um, you know, he would kind of fill in those gaps in dreams and, and point me in the right direction, or at least get me um, some of the information that I was, I was lacking and needing. So my work has really evolved over time. Um, anyone that's wanting to get into do, uh, doing these types of things, I would suggest that, um, you know, uh, keep a journal, um, write down what you're doing, what you did during your write. Um, you know, uh, keep a book of shadows if you want to refer to it as that, but really it's a journal um, and write down what you did and then keep track of your results and you can kind of build, um, you know, as your knowledge goes up and you gain more experience and knowledge and you start seeing what's working, what doesn't work, um, and you can just keep building off of these things from there. Right. That's really good advice for somebody that's getting into it because I think a lot of people sometimes confuse the two areas a lot. Um, like a lot of people like yourself will start to get into tarot or mediumship work, right? And mm -hmm. they yeah. don't really know that you can, I guess, sort of intertwine or intermix uh, witchcraft along with mediumship as long as it's like sort of on the positive side of things. Um, can you describe yourself a little bit? Like how was that for you? And like how did that uh, materialize for you in that transition from uh, working originally with tarot decks and stuff like that, mediumship, into the witchery side of things? Was it more difficult for you or was it sort of like an easy move it, to make it was um it was a very natural transition for me um after I had been told in the dream it's like I said I I don't think I ever would have picked up on that on my own um but after I was told in the dream that I was a white witch and I needed to pursue this it everything just fell into place it felt extremely natural to me um, because I'd been making, I just never considered myself a witch. I was doing the tarot readings, things like that. But I was also, I'd been making ritual candles for years. Um, you know, like weight loss one for my sister who was, um, you know, had some health issues going on and she needed to lose weight. And I'd, you know, created different ones for different family members and things um, just to help with different situations that were going on. And I, I loved doing that. It just never occurred to me that that was 
um, the types of things that a witch would do. The word witch just never really came into it. So when I was told that this was the avenue I needed to pursue and pursue it passionately, um, I took that to heart because at the time I had built a good rapport with George and I had reached a point where um, I knew he wasn't just, you know, some kind of a trickster. It was, um, he was very authentic um, in, in a lot of the different things that he helped me with in my world. And um, so it just, the transition became very natural. It was just basically I was doing a lot of the same things I already had been doing. It was just kind of being labeled differently. Um, because I, I, you know, I'd made, uh, handmade wands for, for my daughter. I'd made, um, uh, protection bottles, witch bottles for people's homes. I just never considered myself, um, an actual witch at the time, but, uh, but I, I did exactly what he said. I embraced it. I embraced it passionately and, um, and there, I love what I'm doing. So it all worked out. Yeah, no, it sounds like it did for sure. And um, sounds like he's definitely guiding you in the right direction. Maybe it was just a little push that you needed to realize uh, where you need to get to. Um, but how was it for you coming out of that? Like, was your family okay with it? Was your friends accepting of what you do once you started naming yourself and labeling, labeling yourself like that? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good question. That, um, that can really be awkward for people. I, uh, at first, I didn't want anyone to know. Like my my daughter knew what I was doing, and my husband knew, my my sister and my niece, um, but most people who just knew me, they just knew me as Ashley. They might know that I, you know, would do tarot card readings, but didn't really know anything beyond that. And I live in a, a you know, kind of a, a rural area, small town area. And uh, so, you know, I was quite concerned. It's an aging population and, and just the word witch tends to freak a lot of people out. Um, but I, I got over that fairly quickly um, because I, I realized it's just a lot of stereotyping. You know, people hear that word and they just automatically think that you're doing awful, horrible things. I think that with, um, with, uh, technology and social media and all these things it's it's easier to get the positive message across um, that it's not all dark and and um, awful I I've known people who simply just practice the dark stuff um, and I've seen what it's done to their lives um, you know I I've seen the these a lot of people talk about the rule of three whatever you send out into this world will come back to you times three and I've found that to be um to be very accurate I've seen what it's done to people that I know who have practiced the dark side of things um, and what's you know happened to them in their lives and I've I've had the same come back to me doing the positive and um it's uh my family when I when I first told my brother um I was expecting a lot of ridicule that kind of thing he's a uh, um you know, kind of a science-based kind of person, but he was very accepting. Uh, same with my husband's uh, family when I told them, um, you know, they, they just wish you well and, and want you to be happy. And, you know, they realize that, you know, I explained to them what I'm doing, that I'm not, you know, into any of the, the dark stuff. And I think people are just happy that I'm happy with what I'm doing and I'm focused on doing something positive for people. 
Yeah, no, same with our field as well into the paranormal. Um, I think people these days are more accepting into whatever it is that you do. They just want you to be happy, especially these days. And that's great right. that your family was accepting of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just mentioned about the power of three there while you were talking. Mm -hmm. I find that kind of interesting, and I've heard that as well, that yep. your intent that you put into the spells that you make and stuff like that for people um, – it does come back on you. So um, can you give an example maybe of one good positive thing that's happened and maybe one negative thing that's happened to you from doing that? Like has things come back on you at all? Um, I find that things come back. They don't always come back in the same way as what you're putting out, but if you're putting out um, good positive things then you can good positive things will circle back to you they might not circle back in the same way so let's just say that I did um, I don't know uh, let's just say that I did a, a weight loss spell casting for someone um, and I'm I'm helping them I'm you know putting them on their path and their their journey moving forward with this um, you, ju you just know it just takes time, but you can look back and, and you can just see all the different things that um, came forward in a positive way for your own life. Um, and that might not be in the form of weight loss, but I do find that a lot of the, the work that I do, that type of work will come back on me. I used to have horrific health problems, um, just awful uh, things that I was dealing with from a virus that I had years ago. And um, I had I had neurologists and doctors tell me that, um, you know, things would never improve, just have to learn to live with it, things like that. And, um, you know, doing healing work for other people, um, I found um, was quite interesting because I just found myself getting stronger and stronger um, and things moving forward in a positive way. As far as the negative goes. Um, I don't really have an example of that because I really don't have any, I don't dabble in the, you know, it's always about, um, always about sending out the positive. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of gray area in there. I try not to, um, like I get a lot of messages from people who want me to spell cast for them to bring uh, like an ex lover back into their life. And I, I just turn work like that down. Um, because that person needs to come back on their own accord. Um, so I'm, I won't manipulate the actions of another person um, because somebody has requested spell work for that, even though I'm sure their, their motives are very positive. Um, you know, I don't think they have any, you know, ill intent behind what they're requesting from me. It's just, um, I'm very uh, mindful about how the work I put out will affect not just the person who's requesting it, but the people that are all around them as well. Um, that said, I've seen, uh, I've seen the effects of the negative stuff come back on people who practice it and teach his own. I'm not um, placing judgment on people. It's, you know, their comfort zone and what makes them happy. So long as they're not hurting other people, you know, if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. But I've seen, um, I've seen things come back. I've seen people who were just sending out awful things to other people as like, um, like revenge type things, those kinds of things 
Um, and I've seen them lose everything. I've seen, you know, their houses burn down, um, all kinds, just all kinds of loss and chaos. And it seems like whatever came back to their lives would come back in a much bigger way than what they had initially sent out. So uh, yeah, I'm a, some people say, you know, things will come back times three. Some people say it comes back times 30. It just depends, I guess, on what you choose to believe and how you choose to look at it. But I, I would say it's about accurate. Whatever you send out uh, intention-wise, um, you can you can bet it's going to circle back and come back to you. Right. So it's all about intent and what you put into it, what you put into that spell, mm -hmm. and also what that uh, client or person is asking to have happen, right? So if they have intent on uh, putting in a lot of negativity, they want this and that to happen, uh, it's like something bad to somebody, um, they'll get that back on them. That's how I feel about it. Some people don't view it that way, but that's that's my experience with it um, over the years. What I've seen happen in, in my life and other people's lives. Right, and I've heard that too as well, that um, whatever intent you put into it, you get that times back. So uh, be careful what you yes. wish for kind of thing. Well, and that's just it, right? And um, so the woman that messaged me this morning wanting to get her ex back, um, nothing wrong with that she had you know no ill intentions um it's just for me as a practitioner i'm the one that needs to know better um so i kind of have to explain it to her why this type of spell work isn't um you know it's considered baneful magic um to manipulate uh the motives or the 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 actions of another person um and i just put it back on them i said you know how would you feel if somebody spell cast to put you in a relationship with someone who you didn't want to be in a relationship with. It's a manipulation. Um, and I think people do understand. So what I can offer to people like that instead would be to do, um, to do a romance or a love spell um, to help them meet a suitable romantic partner. Um, but not this specific person that's, um, you know, walked away from the relationship and doesn't want to be involved in that relationship anymore. So there's just different ways of looking at it and what you can offer people. Yeah, definitely for sure. So um, let's jump ahead a little bit now and talk about um, sort of how you, you talked about what you do, but let's talk about sort of how you learn about that stuff. You mentioned that you prefer to learn um, on instinct rather than doing uh, research and stuff like that. So explain that a little bit. Um, I A lot of my learning has come from trial and error. It's just instinct. I just intuitively um, know to do this or use this and again that could be uh, a bit of my guide coming through and nudging me in, in certain directions to do certain things or act in a certain way um, but not with you know actual voice in my ear but um, and then just going on results and building from there but uh, most people that ask me you know that are looking to get into it or interested um, I would if you're, if you're going to look into um, information and learning, uh, you know, books, those types of things, I would probably recommend for people to um, start with, you know, something that's been published, an actual book, those types of things, versus um, random information on the internet, um, because anybody can post anything they want on the internet, and there are a lot of people out there that will sabotage newbies um you know putting up uh 
things that, you know, spells and things that will actually bring a lot of chaos um, because the, the new person doesn't really know what they're doing or know any better. Um, so I would tell people to start with, um, start with books, start with, uh, reputable authors. Um, uh, I like Richard Webster. I like, um, Scott Cunningham. There are actually quite, there's so much out there nowadays, but just going into a metaphysical section of a bookstore and seeing what speaks to you. Um, and, and it's okay, you can mix and match too, you know, it, if you feel drawn to a certain um, modality, um, you know, look into it. And then if you find that it's not for you, then, you know, you can always start looking into another area or another thing. Um, not everything that I thought at first was calling to me was really something that I got into in a big way, but most things I find are quite fascinating. And I tend to just take little bits and pieces um, of things that I pick up along the way and I kind of mold them and turn them into something, something new. Um, I'm not sure if I really answered your question properly there. No, that's totally fine. Um, yeah, I was leaning more towards... Um, like when you learn how to do your work that you do um, in the past, do you have learned yourself or taught yourself uh, more by doing rather than looking it up in books and stuff like that? So um, do you prefer to do things hands-on? Um, yeah, that is, that is correct. That is how I, how I started out. It was just instincts and guts and, you know, a lot, I worked outside a lot. I have a valley close to my home where I go and, and, and practice a lot. And I started, uh, I started there and I just kind of built from things, but I, I learned, I, you just keep learning. Like I don't, I'm 50 years old and I don't think I'm ever going to stop learning. There's so many different avenues and areas you can get into. Um, but a lot of it is just practice. And, and once you start seeing results and seeing the results that you're getting, figuring out how you can build off of that, how you can make it better, um, you know. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> sorry, I got a little tongue-tied there. Yeah, no worries, no worries, that's good. It's always good to learn. It's always good to keep on moving forward with things for sure. Um, yeah, and building off of what you already, like starting with a, a you know, finding some kind of a base to start with and continue building and, and learning from there. Yeah, you mentioned too, also while we were talking, that some of your favorite things are to do is, um, well, some things that you learn to do are like the tea leaf readings and those type of things, scrying as one of them. Mm -hmm. um, and I have seen some of your postings and you got some amazing scrying uh, evidence that you've done that you post on your Instagram and stuff like that. So um, Thank you. I find it really interesting, the stuff that you get through scrying. I've seen your clouds and also your water ones that you do. Um, which one's your favorite way to do scrying? Uh, we ha haven't really talked about that yet on the show, so let's talk about that for a little minute. Um, what's your favorite way to do scrying? Is it the clouds or the water or the tea leaves? Or Oh, that's a good question. Um, scrying is probably my favorite thing to do overall over anything that I do. Um, I just I just thoroughly enjoy it, but um, I don't have, because I'm so busy with my business, I don't have as much time for it as I would like. Um, tea leaf reading uh, is quite, I'm quite fascinated with it, um, it because the, the images that come up, some of it I can't get into just because of 
um, people's privacy and things. Um, so I can't relate the whole story, but um, some of the, the images that come up, it's not just an image. It's you go around the cup and there's an entire story being told. And some of these images look like something that was, you know, drawn up by an artist, like they're so accurate. And so I, I probably find that most fascinating. Um, I've had a lot of really interesting images come up in um, smoke scrying, um, using using a cauldron and using, um, you know, some incense blends that I that I make up myself. And um, uh, it's just, I just find it all quite, um, quite interesting and fascinating. The clouds, again, um, when my guide is, I don't always understand exactly what I'm being shown or why, um, or what it connects to. Um, but usually within a few days, I know exactly what's going on and why I was being shown certain things. Um, I think the big thing about it is just uh, with the clouds crying is just being aware, but it usually happens for me when I'm in my valley, when I'm, um, you know, walking and just relaxed and, you know, I'm, I'm away from all the hustle and bustle of life, my phone shut off, um, all that kind of thing. And, and when I'm fully relaxed and I just seem to make that, uh, that connection, but the tea leaf reading, I find very interesting because I just wonder where does that come from? Is that coming from me? Like I'm just swirling this cup around and here we've got this whole, story is being revealed in this cup so I just I find that really quite interesting if that's whether or not that's actually coming from me or whether that's coming from you know higher consciousness my guide right sure. I think we can link it back to also what we were just talking about earlier is what intent you put into something is what the result will be so if you have intent True. on doing a reading no matter what style it is, whether it's um, tarot decks or scrying or any format, um, you put that intent into it, you're going to get those results back out of it. So I think probably the, the results you're getting is what you're putting into it and what your guides are telling you to do. Right, right. Yeah, I would say that you're you're probably 100% accurate on that. Yeah, so that's great. And um, so... Let's talk a little bit about your business end of things before we let you go here. Um, sure. So what all types of products do you have available for people that are interested? What I know you mentioned some stuff about uh, candles and stuff like that so far. Um, but tell us a, sort of a description of everything that you do for your business. Um, okay. Well, I have, um, I have an extensive product line, actually. Um, I've got a graphic artist that's working on a digital catalog for me. So I'm hoping that'll be out soon because I don't have a website yet. Uh, it's just me. I, you know, I have, um, I have four casual employees, but they're all doing very small jobs, um, you know, help cutting lengths of ribbon and things like that. So a lot of it is just falling back on me. Um, to make these products but I have a huge extensive line of ritual candles and they do all come with um, very detailed instructions uh, on the best times to use them and how to use them um, and people are just keep coming back and buying more and more of them because they get results so and that's what I'm about that's I really want people to get results if they're not getting results there wouldn't be much point in me doing what I'm doing or making what I'm doing but um, I also make um, pendulums uh, which come with instructions as well so it's you know a form of divination 
Um, I make moon water kits, um, witch bottles for, for um, like home protection and, and soaking up um, and absorbing and trapping negative energy from within a home. Those have had some, uh, I've just had some really interesting feedback come back from people um, on these products and how well they've worked. So I try to take those stories that I get from people and put them up with, you know, a little blurb about it with uh, at the top of my post. So, you know, anybody that would go onto Facebook, they could find my uh, Made by Real Witch products album on Facebook and go back through my posts and, and read some of these feedback stories that I've had from people and the results that they've had. Um, but I really don't take 100% credit for that because a lot of that, um, the witch bottles and things like that, that was um, a lot of that came from my guide uh, pointing me in the direction of things he wanted me to work on, on making. And, and um, it's just, it's all been quite fascinating, but there's a lot of different types of products um, that are up on my page if people want to check them out and take a look. Yeah, and uh, while we're at that, uh, mention your uh, Instagram page there if you know what your page name is. Uh, yeah, at Made by a Real Witch. Yeah. Okay, so just search for at Made by a Real Witch, and yep. uh, you can find all of Ashley's products and services that she offers that she posts under Instagram. So, um, well, thank you, Ashley, so much for being here. Uh, you've been an amazing guest for our first episode of our second season here at Haunting Live Podcast. We greatly appreciate your interesting stories that you brought forward today. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks a lot, Trevor. Yes, thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. All right. Bye-bye. And that was uh, Ashley Wong. Uh, she's out in Saskatchewan, and she is known as Made by a Real Witch. Uh, she does products and services out there. And uh, it was a really interesting talk, I thought, to uh, hear how she does some of her witchery stuff and how she developed into that. So, again, thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on to Haunting Live Podcast here today for Episode 1 of Season 2. And with that, guys, thank you so much also for everybody that's been following us, following us lately on Haunting Live. Uh, we, we greatly appreciate your support uh, through 2020. I know it was a bit of a rough year for everybody, and uh, but the bright side is we have now moved past that. We are on to uh, 2021, and uh, we have lots of great new guests coming up for you guys. So stay tuned here to Haunting Live Podcast for future shows. Um, also, just to go over a recap of some things that have been going on here, uh, we just did touch upon a podcast we did this past week for you guys on Friday night. It was to cover the demolition of Preston Springs Hotel, which is local to us here in our region. Uh, they are tearing down this hotel currently as we speak. Uh, they started doing demolition this past Friday on December 31st. And unfortunately, it's this uh, historical landmark has uh, been lost now. And uh, we did uh, cover that on a podcast on Friday night this past week. You can go check that out on our Facebook page and see what that was all about. We showed some uh, footage of, this, the, of the demolition that was done on uh, Friday. So you can check that out. Also, we are down there just last night doing a quick live uh, feed for you guys uh, just to show you what was going on, what's happening at the site directly. Uh, you can check that video out also at our Facebook page for the Preston Springs Hotel demolition. So uh, for those people that are local here to our region, you'll know what that's about. Uh, go check it out. 
Uh, but also uh, go check out our website, which is hauntinglivepodcast.com. All of our podcast information is up there for you guys. Upcoming guests, upcoming events. Also, our YouTube channel is linked there as well. And also, we have our merch store online. So go check out our merch products that we have available under hauntinglivepodcast.com slash merch. Uh, we have different things like pendulums, uh, crystals, uh, cleansing materials, different uh, homemade feathers for smudging, homemade bags for storage, storing your tarot cards and stuff like that. Um, so go check that out as well. And also on our page, we now have available for you guys our next upcoming public event. Tickets were just launched off as of January the 2nd. You can now purchase tickets for Ghosts of the Queens event coming up in April of 2021. So tickets are 140 and that's for the whole entire weekend this time. Uh, we're not allowing people to do separate nights or separate events. Uh, if you're coming for that event, it's for the whole entire weekend. And uh, just keep that in mind while you're purchasing tickets for that at 140 each. So that's available up on our website right now at hauntylivepodcast.com. And otherwise, uh, also don't forget to join our mailing list. We send out an email reminder to people that are coming up as guests on our show here uh, once a month. And uh, just to give you guys a heads up what's going on for news and updates, uh, just subscribe to our mailing list and uh, we'll send out a news update once a month to you guys. So with that, guys, have a great weekend. Have a great week coming up. Thank you so much for all your support. We appreciate it here through 2020 and coming into 2021 at Haunting Live Podcast. So with that, guys, have a great night, and we'll see you next time. Did you hear that? Thanks for watching. And of course, subscribe.